and welcome back to Performer Talks. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about Performing Arts Mag. Performing Arts Mag is a completely free online magazine specifically designed to help performers and performing arts-based businesses. Performing Arts Mag provides engaging, relevant and insightful content on the industry from leading professionals in the business. And like I say, it's all completely free and there to help make our industry more accessible for everyone. To download any of our free monthly editions, just head to the link in our show notes. And don't forget to check out Performing Arts Mag's website to keep up to date with all the latest theatre, film and TV news. A massive thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget, if you love this episode, please leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. Let's get on with today's episode. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful Ariella Barnett. She is an performing artist, along with being, well, many other things, she's got strings to her bow, but an exercise scientist. And honestly, this woman is so qualified. It's absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Oh, I'm so honoured to be here. Thank you for having me. I was just saying before we started this episode that Ariella has been affiliated with our platform, like, for, since we began in May of 2019 you've followed everything we've done and we followed everything that you've been up to while you did musical theatre stuff, exercise science stuff, sports physio stuff, like the amount you get up to is absolutely incredible. So for all the listeners who don't know you and what you get up to, can you tell them a little bit about who you are and what you get up to day to day? Yes, of course. Firstly, it's been so amazing watching your journey. So it really has been an honor and so special to now finally meet you and be on this podcast. So thank you for having me. Um, So to the listeners who don't know, um, I'm from South Africa. I'm currently in the UK and I'm a performing artist. I've been trained in musical theatre and I'm predominantly a singer actor, but also do love a good dance. Um, And before that, I studied... um, genetics and biochemistry and then specialized doing my honors in exercise science and sports physiology which I now use in the musical theater world so basically to help optimize performance and uh, manage injury but I'll go into that in a bit more detail later Um, and besides that I'm also a producer and musical theater creative and I've been working quite a lot of my own work recently um, sort of post-covid while the industry's just starting up again um yeah amazing and I'm gonna start asking this question to every single person because it was really interesting to hear someone else's answer to this question who inspires you oh what a great question um I draw inspiration from quite a lot of places um maybe it's a little bit cliched but I definitely I'm constantly inspired by my friends and my family and um, particularly my friends who are creating and whether that be in the arts world or or just being entrepreneurial and, and after this like COVID time, things have been so difficult and I've just been really inspired by my friends who've just taken life in their own hands, into their own hands and have just like been making, making what they want to see happen. Um, so that's really inspiring for me. But I think... Actually, also, um, when I was studying, before I graduated from musical theatre, we actually, while in lockdown, we were very lucky to have um, online talks with international performers. And one of them was Ramin Karimlu, um, who's been the Phantom and Phantom of the Opera, as well as many other things. And it was just amazing to have a talk by him. But he really inspired a lot of... um, what he said basically helped me to find why I actually wanted to be in the arts because I had struggled with that before, especially coming out of science and in the work that I do in the science field, it's very much helping other people. And then I was struggling to reconcile whether the fact that I felt like it was almost a selfish uh, career choice to be in the arts. And I knew that it actually wasn't, but I, I couldn't quite figure out for myself why I felt that way. And after his talk, it just reaffirmed everything for me. So I draw inspiration from the things that he said. And the one that really stuck out for me, well, two things, actually. The one was that it's actually not about you. 
it's about removing yourself from the work in order to create that connection um, and to allow audiences to feel that. So that for me just actually felt the opposite. It felt selfless and that was really important to me. Um, and the other thing was about honoring the work and, and that does go hand in hand with removing yourself from it. And that doesn't mean to, to take away from your individuality and your performance or being present, but I think it, I think it reshifts the focus. And for me, it's enabled me to find a lot more depth within my performance and within my rehearsal process, um, and honoring the work of the, the writers and the composers and directors and the other people around you and, and just being able to to be a, a vessel to tell the story and to create that connection with the audience. So um, I would say that his words were really inspiring for me, um, as well as many other many other performers and other people in my life. But I think at the moment, those are things that I, those friends and their experiences and their courage to go out in the world and just do their own thing. Um, and, and his words really are things that are very prevalent for me at the moment. I really, really love that you said it made it almost felt like a selfish choice because we follow this career more often than not because we're passionate about it and we enjoy it and I don't think people under I think a lot of people underestimate the actual impact artists have and how much education and inspiration and like you say storytelling they provide and that's so crucial I totally agree. Um, I was I was at a graduation ceremony recently for um, some musical theatre graduates, and the guest speaker is actually a very um, well known comedian from back home, who's also a director and just a cool guy. Um, his name is Alan Committee, and he said something that I I, I thought was just so accurate. Um, he said that um, for all of the the doctors and the um, the first aid workers and nurses and carers and everyone who um, was so essential during COVID, we are like the the first aiders and the doctors for them. Um, and he said basically that the performers and artists and whether that be on stage or screen or in whatever, whatever capacity it is, we create the space where, where people like doctors and lawyers and people in other professions actually have a moment to decompress and to see people like themselves and to, empathize and to actually just have that second to mentally just regenerate which is also something that I work with a lot in actually in the exercise science side of things like working on mental health and um and mitigating mental fatigue essentially but anyway um it, I just thought that was something that is so true that often I think that our profession is is perce perceived as something that could, could be quite frivolous and like often people are like well why did you go into the arts when you could go do well, for me, science, like, why aren't you pursuing only that leg? But I think that it is such a crucial and vital part of our society and just creating culture and creating a space where people who really struggle to feel vulnerable or feel or, or just to disconnect themselves, that we actually create that platform for them. And I think that is so essential. Like, I don't I don't think we would have gone through such difficult times if we didn't have entertainment. We didn't have the arts in this space for either. I mean, escapism is also very relevant and, and helpful, but, but really to create a space where vulnerability is the norm and to allow you to just relate to other people. So I, I really do agree with you. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's such an important point that we do create escapism for people. And when everything gets a little bit much, they can put on a movie or listen to a podcast or um, listen to some poetry and things like that. And art is in everything. And it's crazy how undervalued it is, but how essential. Mm. I couldn't agree more. I think as well, I would love to talk about the fact that you trained in musical theatre you graduated and you're still very much in that element of performing and producing now as well what's all that like <laughs> balancing um, all of that it's it's a juggling act um I won't lie it is it is a lot um but it definitely keeps me inspired um I, I kind of look at my life that I while I was studying science I was I was acting um, and doing and singing and doing my my acting qualifications, and that kept me inspired while I was doing this like really mentally exhausting work. And then when I was 
training in musical theater, I was constantly thinking about the science side of things and seeing like how I could use it to help people, which I'll tell you about a bit later. But um, I find that during that time, the science kept me grounded when I was in more of an arts world. So um, that definitely helps. Like having both of those sides is something that definitely creates balance for me. Um, and does help with the juggling and the balancing. Um, but so I graduated at the end of 2020 um, and I'd done half of my year or a good chunk of my year online. We were dancing in our garage on Zoom and then running up to your bedroom to do a private singing tutorial. It was bizarre, but amazing that we could continue training. Um, and we were very happy to be back in studio and, and I graduated. And I got to the end of 2020. I actually had COVID at the time. And um, I, I kind of found myself in a situation where I knew theatres weren't opening for a while, especially in South Africa. Actually, only a couple of weeks ago, they opened theatres to the full capacity. So only now is work actually going to start coming. So it's been it's been like three years, oh. um, three, four years, yeah, which is insane. So I found myself in a situation where I knew I wasn't going to get work. Like there was absolutely no option of that. And I, it took me a, it took me a while because I always knew I wanted to do musical theatre, but it took me a while to allow myself to actually pursue it. Um, and I found myself in the situation and I just decided I couldn't let it go yet. So I started writing. I was sitting outside by my pool with COVID um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to write the story. And I actually, um, I started off producing because of this particular show that I was writing. It's called Feeling Pretty. Um, and I, I've actually, to be honest, since being in the UK, I found it to be slightly less prevalent in the in the way that I've portrayed it in my show but I think that the message is universal it's about it's a story about women reclaiming their power um and for me what like the straw or the the, the final like stimulus that made me actually want to write this was that um I, we were like me and my friends we were constantly being catcalled wherever we were walking in the street like just carrying your groceries and like I stopped running at home just because not that I felt unsafe, but it just was so uncomfortable with people, people staring or wolf whistling and cars hooting as you go by. And I just think that is something that's constantly there as a woman. But um, that was kind of the final straw for me. It was, it was more, it was deeper than that. And also at, um, about the fact that like women still are struggling in today's society when we know that there's been inequality in the workplace, for example, and just like in relationships and, just throughout life and that women are perceived or told that they must do these certain things and it's just so crazy to me that that's still happening but the so the show was basically that sort of pouring out of me um and it was it was after this like one catcalling incident where I felt so powerless and I just wanted to shout back at this person but that would have been really unsafe so I was like I'm gonna write this show um and I wrote the show and I spoke to two of my friends um, who I graduated with actually and had done a little bit of collaborating with before. Um, one of whom has a musical, uh, sorry, a music degree, a degree um, and she's actually a singing teacher as well. So I spoke to her and asked if she would be my musical director and collaborate this with me. And my other friend, um, I asked her to edit it and then also to be in it. So. It was an amazing experience that I really just wanted to create work for myself and opportunity for myself and my friends. Um, and and from that then came like this particular story that I wanted to tell because it was something I, I felt really strongly about and things just kind of cascaded. And then I ended up finding myself with this show that we'd been rehearsing and creating together. It was the most amazing experience, very difficult, um, a lot of hard work and, and all of us really like taking on so many different roles. So I, I did a lot and that's also because it was a startup project like I, I was funding it so um if you don't have money to pay people you have to do the jobs yourself and it was the most amazing opportunity because I've learned so much about so many facets of theater that I'd I thought I appreciated before but I actually have such a newfound appreciation and respect for um so I ended up doing a lot of things but the main things I mean I was obviously producing but I did also direct and perform in it and did things like the set design and I uh, worked with the sound engineer and my one friend was a musical director. We worked together with the sound engineer to create our tracks um, and just so many things basically. Um, but we co-choreographed. So that was really amazing to have all three of us working on that part of the project. Um, and then of course, like my other friend was, was the musical director. So we were all very involved in the actual creative process, which was quite a different experience. Um, and then from there, 
so we probably worked on that from December 2020 until around maybe August of 2021 and then we started we actually put ourselves into rehearsal which is also so strange um like put like to running the rehearsals yourself um and then since that we've been performing in South Africa we've done now two different runs at two different theaters and it was a workshop project so it was really amazing to get feedback from different people and different um directors and, and industry professionals which is super helpful and we've redeveloped it as we've gone along um and we've just recorded it actually we filmed it at the, the latest um uh, theater which was in april actually this year um it's currently actually online as a part of our national arts festival and we've just been accepted into the edinburgh fringe which is super exciting congratulations that's so exciting <laughs> Thank you. I'm hoping that one day we'll be able to get there in person. Um, but for now, it's just amazing to be included online, which is, I think is also really cool because it makes it more globally accessible. So even if you can't actually get to the, the Fringe Festival, it's available online and I'll send you the link if you are interested. Um, so I basically ended up finding myself with this production company through that project, through Feeling Pretty, which has really been like such a huge part of my life and such a growing and incredible experience. Um, I mean, I was talking about the inspiration earlier, like definitely those two friends who are also my castmates were hugely a part of that inspiration um, throughout. Um, but yes, yeah, so I found myself now with this production company and I thought, well, I love, I've been loving creating and there's still really no work in South Africa at the time. So from that, we started working on a couple of smaller projects, um, uh, quite a few online things, which are all on my um production company Instagram page we're called Buttermoon Productions um, so we've been doing like some small scale things just to inspire creativity and to uh, just to like stimulate other artists to go out there and do things so it's just been a few small projects at the moment but we are looking to do a couple more and hoping from Edinburgh we'll see we'll see what comes from that um, but yes you can stay I don't know keep your eyes posted peeled on our page and see what's happening because there's quite a few things in the works but i kind of just happened upon it to be honest it was never my intention to be a producer but i'm so happy that i've sort of fallen into the situation um and it's also just been really quite an empowering experience to be able to also perform work that is really important to me um and some of it i'm some of the work I haven't directed, for example, I'll just be a performer. I'll just be, I, I'm not always so involved in every aspect of it, but having gone through the experience of feeling pretty, um, I just feel like I learned so much from it that now it's so much easier for me to also work with other people. And yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing experience and so inspiring to collaborate with so many individuals, especially during a time when there really isn't, was, wasn't much happening back home. Yeah. I I just, I find that so inspiring because I always tell people if there aren't any opportunities, make opportunities. And you are like the perfect example of that, of taking something that's happened to you and trying to educate people while using our art to entertain and kind of bring depth to a social issue and just creating opportunities for you and fellow performers because there were none. I just, I, I absolutely love that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like, it's so inspiring and refreshing to hear that, you know, you kind of fell into this because you were like, well, there's nothing else. Like, I'm very aware there's nothing else. So I'm going to make things happen. And if anyone listening to this takes anything away from this chat, I would love it to be that you did that <laughs> I would highly recommend giving it a whirl like in whatever capacity that that is for you whether it's literally just like creating a little video at home like honestly it's been really the most amazing experience and I've gained so many skills from it and so much insight so that now when people are talking to me I was recently in a, a, a corporate event um where we were just singing well not just singing we were performing as singers um in this event and I just found from that that listening to the the lighting team for example um, and the sound engineers talking and explaining things to the band that I could actually take notes from that as a performer even though it wasn't directed at me because I actually understood from experience like how I could help like alleviate the situation and what I could do and I was like wow I didn't even realize that those were things that I'd learned from it so I mean I would say just do it you know 
like there's no failure I, I, I really I just think that whatever it is whatever your goal just work towards something and you will grow you will grow and you will be challenged and you will learn something from that experience and it doesn't matter if you don't reach the end point that you were intending to because something else would have happened along the way so whether you are hoping to create something that you envisioned to be in a certain way at the beginning but it ends up being something totally different I, I just think do it just do it because it will challenge you and you will grow and you'll still realize later like how many more things you actually did gain from it which I think is I think is such an amazing part of the arts as well there's just so many facets to it that you you unknowingly are just gaining and developing which is just pretty cool in my personal opinion absolutely and i will make sure that um your, all your instagram links so people can find butter moon productions i will make sure that the link is in the show notes to your instagram page so they can come and take a look at what you do and keep up to date with all the exciting things that you've got coming up thank you that would be awesome i can't wait to see what's coming i'm not gonna lie i'm really intrigued now um <laughs> So I would love to talk about the other things that you do because not only are you a performer, not only are you creative and a producer and about a billion and one other things, but you are also an exercise scientist and a sports physiologist. That was a lot to wrap my tongue around. What, <laughs> what does that kind of entail for people who don't know and how do you sculpt that to performance? Because you specialise in working with artists. Um, so it is a very random and quite a niche field. So most people actually haven't heard of it, which can be difficult when you're trying to, to explain how you can help them. But, um, it's, I'm really passionate about exercise science. It's, it's really such an exciting field, um, and has so many really easy ways to apply it in your, into your own life, um, which I'll explain in a minute. But so I, my background is in genetics and biochemistry, um, which is a mouthful, but the the important part about that is that it's quite like um, it's on a cellular level. So it's looking quite intrinsically at the body as opposed to someone like a physiotherapist who's looking at the anatomy um, and dealing with like things like the muscles and how things interconnect. So I'm looking more at the internal processes and chemical reactions, that sort of thing that's happening within your body and how all of that interconnects because everything that happens to our body is connected everything affects each other um so after that i then specialized in exercise science and sports physiology as you said um and if i explain exercise science simply there's there's sort of two umbrella areas that it falls under so the one is exercise as medicine in inverted commas um and what that is is using exercise science interventions to help um deal with with disease or to help um, lessen the effects of symptoms. So, and not necessarily only disease, but just symptoms of, for example, aging, things like just adding in a very short walk um, into an elderly person's routine daily can add years onto their life and enhance their life so greatly. And in South Africa, it's um, diabetes and cardiovascular disease is very prevalent. So adding very small exercise, um, uh, uh, interventions or like just like adding very small workouts it's not necessarily I'm going to the gym to do this but it's things like rather walking than taking the bus or that sort of thing um just adding smaller things and, and bringing in awareness into your lifestyle can actually be used as a way of treatment so that's the one very big part of exercise science um and there's a lot of research that's generated especially back home to be honest in the uk it's a lot more practical and um there's a lot more application here which is very inspiring and very cool to be seeing um and meeting people who are working in those fields here um but back home we generate a lot of incredible research um but then the other umbrella which i fall more under is optimizing your physical performance so essentially getting you to your absolute best that you can be in terms of your physical output and so what, what i mean by like physical output could be whether you um to live your best life whether that means being able to walk to the shops and carry your parcels home and then be able to concentrate in your studies or at your job and be present with your family like if that's what physical activity means for you, then awesome. That's that's what it can be. But it can range from something like that to a recreational runner or to a dancer or to an Olympic athlete um, or a, an elite football player as a part of a team. So 
I deal with a, a pretty large spectrum of people at different levels of physical activity, but we, that's why I just call it your, your physical output and what that means for you. Um, so I deal at, with optimizing that, so getting it to its absolute best for you, and then also managing injury and basically preventing injury and, and working around injury management. So that's the, the sort of umbrella that I fall under. And when I was studying, um, there was quite a big emphasis on, we, we looked at a lot of different sports and a lot of different kinds of physical activity, but there was a big focus on running, on cycling, and on rugby, which are all fascinating. But as we were going through it, my brain was whirring and I was just thinking like, I can use this in musical theater the whole time. I was like, this, but this is helping me. And I was doing um, a lot of community theater and I was doing my acting qualifications at the same time. So I was, I was testing it out and I was seeing like, oh, does this actually help? And and it did. Um, and it was just like, it kept me inspired. And like every part of my degree, I would, I would just think like, oh, that, that would be so helpful. So once I then finished that and then went into, when I fully trained in musical theatre, um, I actually approached the college that I studied at back home um, at the end of my graduating year. And I just said to them, like, this is, I, so I actually, I danced as a child. I stopped when I was maybe nine um, and started again in 2019 so I think I was 23 something like that which is significantly older to start dancing and something that we learn in exercise science is that um, and, and I suppose just as dancers or as, as people in a physical world I um, in a physical industry you know that your muscles adapt and that your body adapts depending on how you train and I knew that at 23 I didn't have the same muscle adaptation and the flexibility and strength as a dancer who'd been dancing consistently since they were five and that meant that I was more prone to injury, but I still had to keep up with the work. Um, and so I started using my understanding of the body and my understanding of exercise science to prevent that. And um, for lack of a better word, I, I felt like I was biohacking myself. So getting myself to where I needs to be by using these simple tools that I'd, I gained through my years of studying. So I basically presented this to them and I said, this is how I help myself. And I would just love to share this with people because it was so beneficial to me. And so since then, I have been working um, at that college part-time, actually. And I've created two lecture courses. Um, there's a level one and two called Performance Science, which is exercise science for musical theater performers and performing artists. And um, and, and then besides that, I also... Um, I'm doing private consultations, which I actually do online. So if anyone is ever interested in that, I am available. Um, so doing private consultations to help really work in the specifics of you um, and, and focusing on the individual and how to, how to encompass your individualities and unique traits in order to work with them to reach whatever goal it is that you want to achieve. So it's been the most inspiring process. Um, I learned so much from my students and, and through doing the lectures and, and obviously like keeping up with the research and that everything's and everything that's happening, it's, it really keeps me on my toes. It makes sure that I am continuously growing and challenging myself in that sense. And, and also testing out the things that I'm, I'm reading about and the things that I've studied and seeing like, how does that actually, how can I adapt that for the musical theater world? Um, so actually, I think this would be a, a simple way to sort of break it down. So my lecture series comprises seven modules and and each module, we focus on a different aspect that affects your your well-being and your physical performance in general. And that's a simplified version of what I would do in a private consultation because I do look at various other factors. But these were the seven things that I identified when I was studying that really I felt by focusing on those, it could really just, just get you to that next level and make sure that you're managing your well-being and your health and your mental health at the same time, which are so essential. So at the college training was pretty much sorted, like unbelievable training. Um, so I, I wanted to focus on slightly different aspects of it because the, these are students who, they are at college, they enrolled full time, they they are doing the work in that sense and pitching up to rehearsal, they're dancing, they're singing, they're acting and more. Um, and so the things that I focus on are, um, the first one is my body. And that looks at what, what factors make you unique? What makes you an individual? So that's looking at things like genetics, but also like your family history and upbringing, um, your injury history and medical histories, and how all of those things interplay to make you the wonderfully unique person that you are. And I start off with that because 
it's just so important that we we understand that we have so much that we can work with and i think often um, especially as performers we often are looking at oh, that person has such an amazing range of motion or that person can belt so high and i can't necessarily do that and there's some things that you can work towards and that's amazing but if you if you're working against yourself you're never going to reach those goals but as soon as you accept the things that are a part of you you can work with them and then using that that's how you can actually get yourself to that next level so that's like a big focus like sort of carries on throughout everything that I do what I teach and when I'm doing consulting that it's just so important to accept all of those parts of yourself and to be honest about them because we all have something that's something that's a, an obstacle or something that's tricky or something that we at some points in our life wish we hadn't had and so including that and and embracing it is the only way to really like work through it um so the second thing that we deal with is actually immunity which seems kind of obscure and unrelated but especially during covid um i i got thinking about immunity quite a lot and i truly believe that knowledge is power and the more that we understand the more empowered we are the more that we can actually take take these situations into our own hands that doesn't mean that you won't get sick but it does it does empower us to understand what we should do when we are sick and how to prevent certain aspects of that so that's something that i deal with um is basically looking at how the immune system works and by understanding that what we can do to to basically um negate getting sick as much as possible um especially when you're in a in performance um also something that people don't know which I, my mind was blowing when I found this out, is that when you exercise and um, for some time immediately after exercise, your immune system is compromised, which means that you are more susceptible to getting to catching something. And especially if you're in a giant cast or you're in a rehearsal room, you're all around a whole lot of different people who are now also immunocompromised. And so doing things like avoiding hugging and all these big crowds at that moment is something that's so easy to do. But if you don't know that, then you're not going to think about doing it. So it's things like that that we deal with in immunity. And actually, one of my students who's now actually doing our level two course um, had had struggled in the past with um, an illness that kept reoccurring. And um, I won't go into details of that, but she is an incredible performer and just wasn't able to perform in any of the productions because it was too much on her immune system. Um, and she kept sort of like re having having new bouts of this um infection and once she did my course and just started implementing some of these things as long as as uh, sorry along with the help of her doctors of course um but once she started implementing these small little changes that we dealt with in immunity she has performed and been the lead in almost every one of their following shows and it's just been so amazing to see how she's thrived and, and it's which is one, one of the things that has really also inspired me and and made me realize that this is something that helps so many people and, and it is really so prevalent and so necessary in the musical theater and the performing arts industry um, because most people in this industry haven't done, or they might have done some biology at school, but haven't done a, a science or medical degree. And, and why would you if you were going into this from the get-go? Um, there's no need to, but there's not, I don't, I haven't met anyone else who's doing exactly what I do. Um, I thought in the UK, there may be a few more people, but there, there are actually, but not, not in the same way. It's sort of in one or two of these aspects. So I'll get back to that in a minute. Um, just to sort of wrap up with the other things that I, I look at. So, um, after immunity, we do, um, what do we do? Sleep, my favorite topic of all. Um, my mind was blown when I started learning about sleep and, um, I was really lucky to have a professor who's one of the top sleep specialists globally and generating the most amazing research. So I was really, really lucky to study under her. Um, and what I learned from her is that sleep has so much power over us. And I think everyone kind of knows that if you don't get a good night's sleep, the next day is always much trickier than normal. Um, and if you're trying to fall asleep earlier because you know you want to get up the next day, that's a, it's so tricky. It's Sleep, sleep can be super debil- debilitating and there's a lot of... Um, there's also a lot of anxiety wrapped around sleep for many people. But as much as sleep has power over us, we actually have so much power over our sleep. And I, I know I've said this before, but I really do believe that knowledge is power. And having that extra information about sleep and something I deal with is circadian rhythm. So I'll just explain for any listeners who haven't heard what that is. It's basically internally, we have a body clock and certain systems in our body for example your digestive system runs on this internal clock and 
we synchronize to our environment. So things like sunlight tells us it's the daytime and that we should be awake and not falling asleep. But because our internal clock is determined by our genetics, it's not always actually naturally falling in line with our day-to-day routine. If you think about a performer, their routines can change drastically from week to week um, as opposed to someone with a nine-to-five job. But if you think about us being in rehearsal where we have to be super active in the day and then going into into actual shows and production, then you have to be really active at night. And that's crazy to be shifting. And you might be a morning type person. And so performing late at night is going to be really difficult for you. So things that I do is I look at circadian alignment. And that's something I do in private consultations. Um, And actually quite often, because most people don't know that there's anything they can really do for their sleep. And the best thing about it is that the interventions or the the implementations that I give, like the things to basically do to help, are so easy, like such easy, tiny little things. It's just having the, the right guidance and how to do it. So it's things like using light to tell your body when it should be tired and when it shouldn't, and, and the lack of light as well. Um, and eating times. When you eat, your body knows, okay, I'm getting energy, so that means I need to be active. So things like that. There's a whole lot of very small, easy interventions that we use. Um, and what I like to do in private consultations is to find broadly, I don't, I don't like to really box people in, but broadly, what is your chronotype, which means your where does your circadian rhythm lie? What, what is your clock? Is it more, is it earlier? Is it more sort of intermediate or is it late? And then from there, we find ways for you to live in alignment with your own clock because when you're in alignment with your own clock everything just works better it means that when you're hungry and you start eating your body's ready with enzymes and with every all parts of the digestive system that need to be active they're ready because you are living within that clock when you want to go to sleep you should be you will be tired because you're living within that rhythm and because your body is used to it and the body loves consistency um which is not always great because I feel like the only thing that really is constant in our life is change. But I think that establishing a baseline of consistency really helps to give that body that foundation. And then from there, I work with my clients to safely shift your rhythm. So if that means that at the moment you need to be shifting later, this is what we do so that that you take your rhythm as a discrete package and shift it all together rather than having your digestive system shifted a bit earlier and then your sleep system is late and everything's all out of whack and it just makes everything so much more difficult and I think it's one of the I I mean this I haven't done research into this maybe don't quote me but from from my own thoughts I I really do think that that's one of the causes of burnout um, and that that crash post-performance post-production that a lot of people have is that you're just struggling you're fighting against your internal clock and trying to fit into this crazy schedule but not really knowing how we go into survival mode and we don't have to. We don't have to be surviving. We can be living and, and loving it and doing it safely and then shifting back when we need to. So that's something that I work with as well in my lectures and, and with private clients. Um, and so, okay, so just to like recap for myself, we said we did my body, um, immunity, sleep. Then we do a huge section on nutrition and just a really big focus on the fact that food is such an important part of our lives, culturally, socially, just brings joy. And it's so much a part of exploration. And, and I think that it's really important to look at food as that, but also acknowledging that food is our fuel. And different exercise requires different kinds of fueling, but more so than that, different people require different fueling. And so it's really important. And I recommend to all my clients to actually see a dietitian to work with a specialized a qualified specialist um, is looking at how what is the best way to fuel you for your physical activity so that you are mentally also um, like fresh and revitalized but also physically able to get through everything that you're doing um, and that's super important so that's also something that we look at um, after nutrition we do injury management which is super important as well um, and like simple tricks tips and tricks on how to how to assess um within yourself, which is a really difficult thing to do, actually, but how to gauge a little bit better whether an injury is something that you need to actually sit down and now take a rest from, or if it's actually not so major and you can sort of push through and you'll be okay, because that is something that's difficult. And we have so many different personality types of some people who are just, yes, I'm pushing through whatever it is, which can be very detrimental if it is a serious injury. I mean, it's amazing work ethic, but looking after our bodies and, and, ensuring that we have longevity in our careers is more important in my personal opinion um and then we have some people who will 
been almost like overly cautious that, oh, I, I thought I maybe felt this tiny twinge in my ankle, so I'm going to sit out for the rest of the week, which is also not good to be doing because you, ha- you have to be stimulating your body and you need to be training if you want to have the adaptations to get to where you want to be. Um, but it's finding that balance because just looking after yourself is super important. So we deal with things like that, how to, how to bring awareness and then who you should see. Um, also, because it can get very expensive to see so many different specialists. That's something that I do at the college and just with my clients in general is that rather than going to a whole lot of specialists and being sent from one person to the other, by the end of it, your bank account is screaming. Um, they come to me first and we we look at like a bird's eye view essentially of what's going on and who's the best person to go to and what's a good process going forward so that it's easily First of all, it's easy to budget for, easier to budget for it because you know where you're actually going and you know that you're seeing the right person. So I do a lot of referring out. Um, so that's injury management. And then I think I've covered almost all of them. Oh, two more. Um, mental health, which is the most important in my personal opinion. If we're not looking after our mental health, then just nothing else works. Like if we if we want to be functioning as ourselves, let alone as the best selves we have to be looking after our mental health and something that i've been finding more and more is that um even today which which was surprising to me but even even today when people are um pretty aware and and even on social media we flooded with things about self-care and taking time for yourself but it was interesting to me that people still view mental health as as only having a diagnosable um, medical condition so that I've been diagnosed with depression and so now I'm looking after my mental health or whatever that that condition may be but actually how I define mental health and what I deal with with my students is that it's it's not just the um, it's not the lack of of having these conditions it's being able to function and fulfill certain functions and tasks like things like um, being able to to manage a range of positive and um, being able to maintain and create healthy, lasting relationships, things like that. And um, there's a couple more, but which I, which I go into more in my lectures, but it's being able to do that. And I think we all feel at some point in our life or our day or our week, whenever it is, that actually not fully succeeding in all of those things. And that's normal and totally healthy and okay because we're human beings. But it needs to be acknowledged that that means that maybe I need to actually check in with myself and maybe it would be a good idea to go see my therapist or chat to a friend or maybe just like take a deep breath and go do something for myself. Whatever whatever looking after your mental health means for you. For some people, it will be meditating. For some person, it might be going for a run. And I think that that's also really important that every single person needs to look after their mental health. It doesn't matter what you've been diagnosed with or not. Um and so that's something that I deal with a lot. And I also do refer out a lot to specialists because we also have, all are dealing with different things. And so it's important to find the person who's right for you. And, and it is difficult often going through trial and error with a whole lot of different therapists. But that's something that I do is help to sort of manage that. Um, so I, I can't guarantee that the person you're going to see is going to be the right person for you. But I help to to kind of look at the bigger picture and say, like, well, look at all of these other things that we're managing together so I do a lot of wellness management by looking at all of these sort of factors. Um, and that it's okay if this person didn't work out. We're going to now look for the person who's right for you. And once we do find that person, that's going to be great. And for now, these are the other things that we're managing to help alleviate some of that stress. Um, and the last uh, module that I, I teach on is training. And I know I said before that the students that I'm currently teaching are like super trained and or they're busy or they're in training. But actually what we deal with is understanding what training does to your body. So how your body actually adapts, what are things that are important to include in your training to supplement it. So to to aid in the, whether you're a dancer, a singer, an actor, whatever it is, or, or a triple threat, like whatever your goal is in the industry, um, how can you supplement that training? Even if you're, say, a, a musician, like a drummer, for example, you have to build up some other muscular strength as well to make sure that you're able to fulfill that task. And so we look at fun other, other ways to, to add that sort of strengthening and um, core conditioning and basically enabling safety within your training and helping to promote longevity in your careers. But we try out a whole lot of different um, other types of exercise that can really help. So things like, for example, um, Pilates or things like boxing, which would be great for cardio and for agility. And we look at, I do a lot of goal setting and then we'll say, we'll look at a certain goals and we'll see like how many of these can we fit into like 
let me explain it in a different way. That was a bit confusing. Um, if we say, for instance, one student would like to be working on their core, their um, cardiovascular, well, their heart rate, essentially, and like their, their overall fitness um, and their flexibility, then we'll try and find like one or two types of exercise that they can use rather than overwhelming you with, oh, for cardio, I need to do this sport. And then I also have to be training in my dancing. And I was, it's just too much. It's already so much within musical theater. So we try to kill as many birds as we can with as few stones as we can. Um, so that's what we do in training and looking at really fun and cool ways to supplement it. Um, and, and also some of those birds that you can be killing with those stones are things like mental health as well. So that it all sort of encompasses everything together um so in short i know that was very long um but in short it's a very it's a very holistic look at the body um everything how i describe myself to clients who haven't haven't had a session with me before is that if you think about your body as a roadmap i'm the bird's eye view who's looking from above looking to see where are the blockages where is traffic free flowing and how are those things interconnecting and who should be talking to each other um so whether that means your 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 mental health is connected to your um your digestive problems whatever that might be or whether it means that actually you're seeing a couple of different doctors and maybe they should also be speaking so those are different things that i manage um and all of that sort of comes together and it does sound like a lot but not everyone has to focus on everything in such an in detailed way in such an in-depth way but that's why i do private consultations because finding the things that are important to you and streamlining that to your goals is what's really important to me. So honestly, the, really the most important thing is that I want you to be able to reach that goal and for everything that you're doing in your life to be serving you so that you can be as happy and as fulfilled and healthy and living the best life that you can. And using that through these exercise science interventions and using all the scientific evidence, I've, I've really found that it is helping people, which is so amazing. Um, and is something that's helped, that's, that is telling me that I should continue doing what I'm doing. So I'm hoping that I am able to um, to bring that more to the UK and to and to help performers from whatever levels, whether that's people pre-training or in training or at a professional level. Because I have been working with clients over a, quite a variety. It's never too early or too late to start to start working on these things. And and I think something that's really important is that I said earlier that life is constantly changing, whether that's whether that's because you're just growing up and then your hormones change. And I mean, that just happens constantly throughout your life. So you have to keep adapting to that or whether it's, it's the situation that you, the environment you find yourself in. So whether that be you transition from school to university or you transitioning between different jobs, your environment is different. And there are so many things that change. And for, even for example, for myself now, um, coming from South Africa to the UK, things like the light is something that I really have to get used to. Like we don't have these crazy long days and I know in winter it's like really short periods of light. And that's something that's affecting my circadian rhythm. And that's something that I'm having to now adjust to and, and put interventions into my own life. Um, I definitely do practice what I preach and I, from my own self can say that it definitely has been beneficial. Um, but it's never, it's never the wrong time to start looking at these things. And there's always something that you can help yourself with. And, What's really cool is like, as I said before, it's very simple interventions that you can add into your life. And, and I'm always, I'm there to guide my clients along the way. Like they have access to me and can contact me with any questions and I do it over Zoom. So it's very easy to just, you know, hop on and, and say, this is working, this isn't, let's change these things or these things are, I'm thriving in this area. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what I do in exercise science and how the two worlds are meeting. That's absolutely incredible. And I find it, I find it fascinating because I really wish I'd had you around when I was in my training because as well, it's not just about, obviously we want to be the best performers we can be and be delivering on that aspect. But it, now that I've graduated, it's also the thing that pays my bills. Like my body is my income. And if God forbid anything happened, like I struggled a lot with injury um, throughout my training and I was never really given much support with that and then I'm very thankful now looking back that it happened in my training because I learned from that and I'm able to go into the, the real world and not have it affect my income but now I'm so aware of all these things because I don't ever want to lose my income from it and just hearing about all the different 
things that you think about. I've learned a lot in that time from injuries, but obviously if people can learn it without doing the injuries, that would be better. Um, but also like, it's just, it's just always a good thing to learn because it's about prevention as well as recovery. And I think all the things you've talked about there are things that people don't necessarily think of, especially within musical theater, but it's so important. I think it, it really has, like for me, it has revolutionized the way that I view musical theater. And and you're so right. It's like something that I, I really, I think I, the reason that I started doing this, these lecture series was that so often, especially people who aren't actually in the industry, like I actually the other day um, bumped into someone who'd just been to see the Book of Mormon. And he said something like, oh, what are these performers going to do when something happens when they like you know this isn't forever how are they able to continue doing this like and into the rest of their lives and I was I was speaking to him I was like actually longevity is is possible but it's so important because you are right our our bodies are our jobs like we are our jobs and if we're not functioning at our fullest capacity we can't we can't fulfill it and going back to like also what I was saying from what inspires me like from what Roman Caramelou said is that we can't honor the work and you can't you can't fully do your job and you can't bring that magic to to the room and and that's so important and, and you are so right that people who think well actually I mean those also come with with their difficulties but things like the more um common jobs like like office jobs um common isn't the word I want to say like the the less arty jobs is what I what I mean um that people commonly do so things like working in finance or um, I suppose law and, and medicine are also options, but but also things like um, like physical labor um, and and people like an like an electrician or a plumber, for example, are also using their bodies. Like everyone is, even if you're sitting at your desk, you your mind is so connected to the, the physicality and and your well being, your physical well being, that you aren't able to fulfill those jobs to your fullest capacity if you aren't looking after yourself. But if someone has injured their leg. They can sit behind the desk and be okay. But for us, that means that means how much time out of rehearsal and that means potentially not being able to go to that audition or whatever it is. And, and look, injury is, it's it's not totally preventable, but by having the skills and the understanding to know, okay, I've injured myself. This is who I need to see and this is where I need to see them and this is what I can do immediately in the situation and this is how I can manage it going forward is really important. Something that I also look at um, is... In my level two course, it becomes a lot more practical and a lot more individualized. So my students do certain projects and one of them is on injury management. And one of the things that I get them to do is to actually, before the injury happens, like we did this at the beginning of the year, is to brainstorm what can I work on if I get injured? What can I do? And there's something called relative rest, which is um, quite a cool term, which basically means that it is very important to rest in general, but obviously I go I go into great depth on that in my actual lectures. But this is, say for instance, you break your foot. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to stop training entirely for until the entire recovery of that foot. So relative rest is resting the foot, but also then working out on other parts of your body. So say, if, if we're taking it quite simplistically, you could then do arm workouts and you can work on your core. But actually, it's also looking at things like now I can use this time. Maybe I can't be dancing fully, but I can work on my flexibility or I can work on my singing and I can work on my acting and I can um, finally get my, I don't know, my papers together for my finances because we also are freelancing and have to manage every aspect of our lives. So there's so much that comes into being an artist that you don't realize until you're actually in it that sometimes injury, I, I don't promote injury in any way, shape or form, but having pre um, like brainstormed those things that you are able to do takes away some of the anxiety and the stress. And, and that also helps with aiding in recovery and knowing that, okay, there's a lot of stuff that I can work on. There is so much you can work on. Um, and just having that plan for what am I going to do? How am I going to do my rehab exercises from my physio? Or am I going to make sure that I'm icing? And then while I'm busy doing that, I can work on some of my singing or work on learning some monologues, whatever it is, or go, like listen to some interesting talks, um, whatever it may be. There is like there is so much and it's about managing an injury in a way that's sustainable, um, which is really important. So, and, and just going back to what you said, I just really think it's so essential in our industry because 
really we are our jobs we are our livelihood and our and our income and you, you're so right and so even more so than a lot of other professions it's super important um and with that comes the mental health as well making sure that your mental health it's as important as treating a broken foot um yeah yeah you hit the nail on the head <laughs> yeah it's like it's a it's a challenge as well and especially when you've never had someone like you to guide people through training I mean there's so many things I'd go back and redo now but at least I know them going forwards and I think the fact that you've studied in musical theatre and you know yourself how it directly correlates from musical theatre is is so beneficial for performers to like have sessions with you because you know what they're going through and you know how it will directly relate whereas other medical professionals they're gonna help you but they're not gonna understand what you're going through so I think that's like an absolute game changer yeah I think it's it's been really amazing for me to see how that has helped me to get through to people as well um and and yes like literally for myself I wouldn't have gone through my degree if I didn't have this and if I wasn't using these things so I really know firsthand how much it does help um and and to be honest, also just from my degree in general, seeing how there are people who do this sort of thing in other sporting fields and to see the work that they're doing and how that just helps us enhancing quality of life and and just knowing that you have that support and and yes, like from someone who really has gone through it, um, it definitely is beneficial. And I know for myself that I always look for practitioners or for um guidance from people who've been in my shoes. So um I, I also like I totally get that like wanting to to know that the person actually understands. And I do a lot of referring, as I said before, um, because for example, I'm not, a, I'm not a physiotherapist, but often my clients will need physio. So I make sure that the people that I'm referring out to also have that understanding and have either a background in the arts or they have worked enough with, with enough artists or with me enough that I've harped on about this for how many hours for people, um, but that they have a proper understanding so that my clients that I am sending to them um, feel that they are in, in the best hands for the industry that they're in because it's a tough industry. It's tough in training and it's tough when you're out in the, in the big world and both mentally and physically. And also the fact that we have to be so vulnerable and emotional in the work that we do. It's a lot. There is a lot that we're dealing with. And I, I don't know if the people who aren't in the industry fully, fully understand the extent of it. And that's not to say that anyone else's profession isn't difficult. I'm sure they are as difficult and we probably don't understand it as fully um but i think it's just so important for us to be to be supporting each other because we're all going through the things um we've all been there in some sense um and and i just think if we support each other and if we learn from each other and, and honestly i learn so much from my students and from my clients and it helps me grow as a performer and it helps me grow as an exercise scientist and I just think that collaborating is so important, whether that's in a creative capacity or if it's just chatting and learning from each other. I think there's just so much to gain. Each person brings so much to the table and such a different perspective. And you can just be feeling so inspired um, and so supported just knowing that someone knows what you're going through. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been amazing finding this niche. It's difficult because it's a very small niche, but um, it has, I, I love what I do. I've just, it's like, the passion builds with each client that I see and it's it's really just been so inspiring to be able to continue doing that well your work is absolutely incredible where can people who are listening to this episode right now and are thinking I could really benefit from a consultation where can they go to find and get in touch with you I think the best way would actually be to email me um, so I can send you my email address and um, otherwise I am contactable on my personal Instagram page but definitely more reliable going through email and hopefully soon to have a website which I will let you know about as soon as that is up and running um, but for now it's it's just my name it's ariellabarnett at gmail.com um, so that would probably be the best way the easiest way to get hold of me perfect and if you're <laughs> and if you're not sure on spelling that is in the show notes this episode so just look at the show notes and you will find a direct link to Ariella's email address so you can get in touch with her before we finish up today I would love to ask you what is your advice for any aspiring artists that are listening to this episode oh, what a lovely question um 
I think the first thing is just do it. Do whatever your heart's telling you to do. Um, I know I struggled with that. I knew I wanted to do this and I, I didn't give myself the chance. And when I did, it was just the most amazing thing. So do it. And I think the other thing is that just be yourself, which is such a cliche, but really don't just be yourself. Like actually sit down and figure out what, what is that? Who, who are you? What makes you unique? And how are you going to use those things in your performance and in your everyday life? Because there's no other person like you and you can be as talented and as trained as possible and probably all the other people in an audition room are going to be as trained and as talented but no one is going to be you and I just think that knowing who you are is just it will get you so far and and just embracing it embracing it and using it in in your work I think that's for me has been something that I've learned from my directors um, and my teachers and I think it's something that's difficult to do but but definitely definitely beneficial and definitely worth trying to incorporate into your work. What incredible advice. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show and sharing so much fascinating insight with our listeners. Thank you so much, Ariella, for coming on. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was so wonderful getting to know you and chatting and um, so wonderful to have the opportunity to speak to all of your listeners. So thank you also everyone for listening. Thank you so much, Ariella, and thank you to everyone listening at home. I've been your host, Bethany Unwin, and this has been Performer Talks. Thank you so much for listening to Performer Talks. You can head to the link in our show notes to download your free copy of Performing Arts Mag now. You can also head to the show notes to get in touch with Bethany at the Performer Journals on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to head to Spotify or iTunes where you can leave us a review. A review helps make the industry more accessible by releasing our podcast to more performers and helping them get the help they need for free. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day.